1: Welcome to the Tune 4 podcast. I am your co host, Dan Maldonado. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Let me introduce you to my co host, Tim Reiner. Hey, Timmy. Hey, Dan. Good evening. How are you doing? I good. am so good tonight. That's good. Hey, no. we can attempt to give you a fan's perspective on IndyCar races, the races, news, and notes around the series. Occasionally, we'll have something on F1, IMSA, and NASCAR. We're not insiders, just lifelong fans of IndyCar and motorsports. In this episode, we discuss the most recent news and notes. But first, hey, Timmy, did you watch the uh, Formula One U.S. Grand Prix this weekend? I actually missed it. You did?
0: I did. I totally missed it. I watched the pre-show a little bit, saw Danica, saw the rest of the folks, Saw the crowd, which was amazing. Um, And then I had to get in the car and go for a drive. So I did that and I missed it. And so I called my son to say, hey, did you watch it? What happened? And he filled me in. It was perfect. Did he like it? He loved it. And he watched the whole thing, which was good. And, uh, you know, I went to Twitter afterwards just to see what all the fans were saying about the event. And I heard parking was not very, uh, parking was fine, but getting out afterwards was not very good.
1: Yeah, I went to Twitter to see what uh, people were saying about the race. And the only thing anybody was saying was um, Shaquille O'Neal was there and Shaq presented the trophies and Shaq made a grand entrance. Shaq was huge. Shaq was was huge. mm -hmm. Shaq is taller than Lewis Hamilton standing on the second place podium step. (laughs) Fact.
0: Um, It's a fact.
1: I saw it, too. It's amazing. and Shaq is almost taller than Max Verstappen, who was standing on the top step. Yeah, I think we need to figure out how tall those podiums are. Yeah,
0: this, and this, this needs to
1: be done. We're going to have to check this thing out. Um, I did watch the uh, Formula One race. I, actually, I thought it was a really good race. I, you know, I've been there. I was there in 2018 when uh, Kimi Raikkonen won that race. It was a lot of fun. Um, we, I, I remember when we were there in 2018, we were on that hill, that hillside leading up to turn one. And mm-hmm. we, we, cause we had general admission seating. So we weren't, you know, we didn't need to be in any one particular spot, but we were out there and we were standing on that hill and it might've been a third of the people in 2018 that were there yesterday. That, that crowd was unbelievable. It looked like a traditional, european formula one race
0: yeah i was wondering why so many people were showing up to that event and i would imagine because last year it didn't happen right and then this year it was a big celebrity event is what i saw but then the fans just came out in droves yeah they did it
1: it was it was it was good to see i mean we're open wheel fans i mean we're fans of formula one as well but it, it was really good to see all that i you know, kind of had to ask myself when I saw those people, I thought, well, did they cancel Mexico? Like, is the Mexican race off or, you know, is it a bunch of fans from, from Mexico that came up or Brazil or something, but no, those two races are still going on. So, I, I mean, that was not likely a hundred percent American fans. Right. But it was, it was a big, big crowd there. I just, it was unbelievable. So really cool to see. Um, certainly I think, you know, they keep crediting drive to survive, for a lot of uh, the U.S. fans and, and people taking note of Formula One in, in the U.S. because it drives to survive. And maybe that's the case, but, um, man, there's a lot of people there yesterday.
0: There was, and I was seeing that uh, Pato was driving the McLaren around, right, the um, yes. actual vehicle, and he was tearing mm-hmm. that car up yeah. and drifting it sideways. And you could just hear the crowd just super ecstatic about that situation and what was going on there. And then he was doing donuts in it which is totally cool. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, those that are IndyCar fans, obviously, um, open wheel fans also watch a lot of formula one as well. So, you know, and the talk of some of these drivers going to formula one really, you know, kind of probably plays into some of the atmosphere that's going on, the people that are showing up, um, you know, even the banners that were in the crowd that were, you know, had, uh, some of the, um, driver managers out there which was really fun to see and watch mm-hmm. um so yeah a great great event and um you know a ton of people
1: i hadn't planned to talk about this but you mentioned the the potto out there in the in the mclaren but also did you see daniel ricardo in the number three that dale earnhardt senior wrangler monte carlo i didn't see any video of it but i did see a picture of it yeah they showed they showed video of him uh doing a lap in that in that car on that track was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty cool to see him cause he he's obviously he's a, he's a fan of motorsport and, and he, he's, he transcends, you know, nations here. Cause he, he was a big, big hit in that car. And he was out there running in that. And it's just funny to, to see him driving a traditional manual, right. H pattern shifter with a giant steering wheel and the open face helmet and, and all that stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun to see him do that. So they, they put on a really good show. That whole production yesterday at U S Grand Prix, it was on ABC. It was, it was, it was well done. I mean, they, they did a good job playing to the, to the U S fan
0: base. Yeah. I think, I think they did a great job. Uh, From what I heard in the pre-show, they did really good as well. Only thing I missed was Mike Tirico. So Mike, if you're out there, you know, I know you can do anything and announce anything. So I'd love to see you doing that too. For
1: sure. Um, You know, leading up to this race, there was a lot of talk about uh, Andretti and Andretti Autosport getting ready to expand his empire into Formula One. Uh, Those that talk has has since gone quiet toward the, uh, you know, back half of last week. But um, it really seemed like that was about anyone could talk about. And certainly it was because Formula One was in Austin. So that's that's not uh, unusual. And there was a lot of excitement around that that race coming up. And then I know you saw this, that Andretti social media tweeted something um, that the team had something exciting to talk about, mm-hmm. right? And it was on their, on their Twitter handle. And, you know, everybody was in great anticipation of this on pins and needles. And um, I would suggest that the social media team at Andretti Autosport is pretty, pretty capable. They know what they're doing out there, right? And they knew they were going to get people to watch that space for some sort of an announcement because of all the F1 talk and Andretti's taking over Sauber, uh, Alfa Romeo and everything else. Do you know what they announced to me? I do. Um, I do. And it had to do with formula E. Yep. Avalanche (laughs) through new title sponsor uh, it on their formula E team. So Um I I don't know anything about Avalanche but welcome to Formula E Avalanche. Yeah, welcome. I I don't either and I I guess I need to do a little more research to
0: figure out who they are and what they're doing but they got a huge media splash by Team Andretti so
1: good for them. They played that well. Yeah. So they did. They did. They played that up well. Mm-hmm. So I I think the Avalanche people probably got uh you know at least a good year's worth of of buzz on that one announcement when it was uh you know, leading up to that. So good on them. Uh, I would say where there is smoke, there's fire. And I think that this rumor for Andretti Autosport taking over um, Salber, Alfa Romeo, and and just for future here on this, this particular pod, I'm just going to say Salber and Alfa Romeo kind of interchangeably, but nonetheless, I I think um, this is about as smoky as it gets. I suspect this is going to happen. You know, when is the question, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I certainly do expect this, Tim, is this good for Andretti and Andretti? Andretti.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a super good move. Uh, they're in a lot of different uh, racing series and, you know, it really allows them to maybe compete on the McLaren level, right. Of bringing F1 drivers Mm -hmm. in, if you've got a team that's, um, you know, in F1 and you can move drivers from IndyCar to F1 or vice versa, whatever you want to do, I think it it's great for both series.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think I've used the word transcend uh, once in one of these podcasts since we've been doing it, let alone twice. But I'm going to say it again. The Andretti name transcends any particular series. It starts with Mario. Michael had a very successful career um, as an IndyCar driver and you know has certainly lived up to the Andretti name. I think, like, the example that you give with McLaren, I think, is is really the best one that could be out there. Because Bruce McLaren, who started this team decades and decades ago, this team continues to move on. We've always known the Andretti name, right? Who do you think you are, Mario Andretti, driving mm-hmm. like that? You know, you always get these There's kind songs of, written about it. Right? Yes. Everybody knows who they are. Yes. Right? But Michael being able to do what he's been doing in motorsport and then being able to take it to the pinnacle – of motorsport in F1, I think is generational, even more so than what Mario and Aldo did for the name to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think Michael taking it into Formula One and if he's able to, to put this deal together and take over that team, that is generational for that name.
0: Yeah,
1: it's a great
0: platform, a great way for them to continue on the legacy and build it even bigger than what it is today.
1: Right. And I think timing is right for something like this because, you know, there's a cost cap now. Uh, there's new cars coming in 22, uh, new engines coming in 23, and it sounds like they're going to dial that back a little bit. I don't want to say dumb it down, but they're going to dial back a little bit of that technology, it sounds like, to make it the cost of entry a little bit better. Um, so the cost of entry for engines chassis development going to be a little less because they're not going to have all those appendages and things. I think this really is what makes it the best time for a privateer to enter Formula One. And that's certainly who he's going to be. He's not Mercedes. He's not Renault. He's not, right? He's not Honda. So he's, this is the best time, I think. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about this. Does this make two,
0: potentially two American teams in Formula One? It does. Then that Has to mean, in my opinion, that you're gonna see American drivers in Formula One to what you have not seen in the past 20 years, whatever it's been. It's been a really long time. Which is great because then they're also talking about F1 is having the race in Miami, right? That one's Mm -hmm. sort of in the books. Now there's one there's talk about having one in Las Vegas as well. It would make sense to have those three events if you have American drivers, even if, you, even if you don't, but I think it just makes it that much more attractive if you've got three American drivers or three um, tracks in America and you have an American driver one or
1: two or whatever it is, I think it's it's perfect. Yeah, you you would have two American teams, so to speak, right? With Haas and, and with Andretti. Haas doesn't have any American drivers, which is fine. They don't think they need them. Um, Andretti, it sounds like, you know and that's kind of the segue into our next topic is it really sounds like it, that this deal with salver and andretti is likely to come through one way or another and it also sounds like uh michael will be leaving for europe to race in formula one with colton as one of his drivers which you know we, we don't know what's what's happening right we're not insiders we say it right off the bat and yeah, this is an IndyCar podcast, but we're we're going to talk a little bit about Formula <laughs> 1 to start here. But if Michael takes off with Colton Herta, it kind of makes sense. I don't know, it does make sense for 22 because they only have one confirmed driver at Alpha right now, and that's Valtteri Bottas. So, I know there's some super licensed stuff. I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on the super license deal and how that all gets calculated. But it, it, as it stands right now, it doesn't sound like Colton has enough super license points to earn a full-time ride next year. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And if you're looking for American viewership and if you're looking for to do what you can, you know, that there's always ways around things like that. I know that's the FIA and the, you know, versus Formula One and, you know, whatever. So I I, I still think that there's a way to do that. Um Similar to also what you're saying here, Pottawell Ward said in an interview that all drivers aspire to Formula One. And if they don't admit it, they're not being entirely truthful. I'm paraphrasing. You believe that? Tim? I do. I think
0: it's, it's what any open-wheel driver wants to go to is Formula
1: One at the end of the day. And I think if anybody tells you differently, I think they're lying. Right. Um, obviously Colton's name most closely associated, um, could be announced as a teammate for Botas because there is an opening there. Um, nonetheless, it seems like Colton would be moving with Andretti to formula one. If that happens, his career path was kind of moving along in that I'm going to get to the pot award part of this. So his career path was moving along in, in a European racing sense, it, whatever happened, we don't know, cause he just showed up on the scene and he was mania 2.0 and it was he was this cool kid with the hair and winning and you know the whole schmear. But um also getting him a chance to to kind of go back and finish what he had started. I want to ask you this first before I get into the the Pato question. So if you were advising Colton, would you advise him to take the Formula One race or stay in IndyCar and have a better than average chance? at a championship in 22 or 23. Oh,
0: that's a difficult one. And um, if you're, if your owner is going and he's taking you along, you go. If you're just getting into some other seat there just to move on, I think you wait a couple of years until you get your um, IndyCar championship and potential Indy 500 win. So that would be right. my advice.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I thought about it. I I know I wanted to ask you, I probably have gone through about three or four different answers at this point. I I think to me, I think you just go, I think, you know, where you're at, you know, who you're going to be racing at that point. You're racing the midfield, you're racing your teammate. You, You can make some name and you can make some splash. If the new chassis rules and the new engine rules bring things a little bit more level, then maybe he'll have, um, you know, better than average chance of, of winning something in formula one. But as it stands right now, it's Mercedes, Red Bull, maybe McLaren, maybe formula one. We don't see anybody else there. Not I mean, alpha won last year, alpha Tari won last year, they're fast in certain circuits circuits this year. Um, they're the sister Red Bull team Haas completely out to lunch and, you know, alpha Salber, right? He's going to be racing midfield at best at this point and, you know, possibly in the back field. And I, I, like I said, I think if it's Michael Andretti
0: who owns the team, you go. If it's not, you, you maybe hold back until that deal comes through. If you know it's,
1: you know, that's a possibility. So if someone yeah. else was to offer him the ride. So I, let me come back to Pato's quote. So what Pato's saying is that everybody aspires to be in Formula One and, and I don't disagree with that. Oh, okay. I yeah, I don't, I don't I don't disagree one. with that. Yeah. Um but we saw Alex Zanardi and Sebastian Bourdais both great IndyCar champions go off to Formula 1 and fall completely flat. Montoya was without a doubt the most successful driver to move from IndyCar to Formula 1 that I can recall and I can't recall anybody else doing it quite like Montoya did. Who? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yep. It's good. I knew you'd come through for me on that one. Yeah. So of the current crop of drivers, let's take Colton out of it. Who would have made a successful run in, in formula one? Obviously it depends on the car and as far as, you know, but I'm, I'm looking at pure talent fire. Who would you peg out of the current or current ish drivers? So, you know, maybe recent history, people that you can recall right away, who would you say would have probably been a great Formula One driver?
0: I think Will Power would have been a great Formula One driver. And I just think from his aggression on the track, um, how good he can qualify, how he can get the most out of the car. I think he would have been a great specimen, if you will, to go over there and, try his talents when he was at the top of his game. And he was tied with Penske, obviously, everybody knows Mm -hmm. that. And he stayed and he had a very successful IndyCar career. And he's, you know, obviously there for a couple more years, I believe based on his contract. So I think he would have done a fabulous job in formula one, although not American, right. Mm -hmm. When uh, that was not part of the, you know, question, I I would have loved to have seen him go over that. How about somebody like a Scott Dixon? Scott Dixon would be good as well. Man, that's really good. Because if you look at him, Mr. Consistency, the thing you don't want to do in Formula One is wreck cars, right? So right. you're not going to get that out of Scott. Um, you would have some of that with power, I would imagine. And you would get very consistent runs. And he was quick. So, yeah, another one that was would I think would do really well. And, um, you know, if I had to pick the two,
1: I'd probably still go back to power. Oh, I like that. You really do. You would pick power over Dixon in Formula One. Yeah, I do. That's a hot take. (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) I think that's hot. I really do. Because I I would have expected, I'd never expected you to say, well, power. We didn't Mm -hmm. talk about this in the production meeting. I had no idea what you were going to say here. I really anticipated you saying somebody like Dixon, or Joseph Newgarden, or somebody like that. I really did. Yeah, no, I I just think um,
0: going to that sort of um, environment to have a personality, and I know everything's kind of tampered down there enough. One, but to have his personality and his car handling skills, I think he could have got
1: everything out of any car you put him in. I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of willpower. I think he's I think he's a great driver. He's without a doubt one of the best that has come to IndyCar, certainly one of the best in, you know, one or two hot laps in qualifying. And, and uh, you know, why he doesn't have more championships, I don't know. But, I mean, he's, to me, I think he's he's without, he's one of the best drivers we've seen come through IndyCar in a long mm-hmm. time, which is the reason why he's still at Penske. You're absolutely right, yeah. right? Yep. You know, Roger
0: sees it in him. Uh, obviously, the engineers see it in him. So he's got to bring a lot to the team, not just finishes, but bring some technical know-how that allows those cars to be set up
1: the way they are in order to be fast. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, how long has he he represented Verizon in IndyCar? It's been since they were the title sponsor, and then they kept on that car since, and he continues to be, you know, in that Verizon car. It's not it's not a buffet of sponsorships like we've seen in some of the other cars where he's, he's the Verizon guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and every year. That's all we have at our house is Verizon. Yeah, here too. A lot yeah. of it, unfortunately. Yeah, so do we. Unfortunately.
0: You know, so. we could go to the other provider, but we don't. And there's a reason why.
1: Mm. That's right. It's the best. Yeah. Verizon. We like Verizon here. Yeah. So, Hey, um, I mean, as far as Formula One, we'll see what happens with Andretti. That, to me, it's gone quiet. I think when things like that go quiet, I think it's... To me, I look at it like I just feel like these are where the details get settled. Is mm-hmm. when it starts to get quiet, um, and something will be coming out. I would suspect. Yeah. I, you know, it's very well that some of that. I'm sorry, Tim. I, I think at some of that, though, was a little too much chatter leading into USGP, into you know, Sauber not really having an answer or not being able to say what's going on, and and you know, a little too many loose ends there before a lot of this word started started creeping out into media and, and social media and traditional media sites and things. So I think that they could they threw cold water on it by saying, hey, maybe not everybody's convinced on the solver side. Maybe the offer not where it needs to be on the solver side, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's how you throw cold water on that and just say, dude, we're still negotiating this thing. Let's you know we're gonna finish this off, but we can't have this much talk about this going on.
0: So if and when this happens, right, that puts Andretti on a whole different level. Yeah, I just, you know, they've just, you know, Mm -hmm. gone on a crazy, crazy um, uh, trajectory to get to where they're at. But did you hear that this is something that I saw in passing as I was, you know, scrolling or doing whatever I was doing. But did you hear that Tony George approached Michael Andretti? prior to approaching Roger Penske to purchase the Indianapolis 500 and the series. I did not. I did not hear that. So if that rumor is true and I'd have to check where I found it and all that, if they would have purchased that team and like that, if that deal would have worked out or whatever was going on there, and then he would have also bought a formula one team like that would put them on a crazy, crazy platform to mm-hmm. be influential across all types of motorsports. Yeah. So I saw that I don't know exactly where I where I saw it, but that was the talk
1: that I saw. Yeah. It would have been a a motorsports empire right that nobody had had could equal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Bernie Ecclestone sort of uh you know, territory when it comes to that, right? It yeah. would have put the Andretti's in a position in motorsports that would have been unparalleled by anybody. Send that to you, Dan. so I find it. Yeah, send it. Huh? Right. I don't. I don't put a lot of stock in it. it. Sounds to me like like Tony George was was, you know, pinpoint on Penske being the guy who they wanted for the speedway because they know what they they know the legacy of the speedway and they know that Roger would have been able to, and he will be able to do for the Speedway, what, what, you know, what the family wants to ensure happens. Here's the only reason I think it could be potentially a
0: truth is that you look at age in Michael versus Roger and go, okay, long-term um, partnership or long-term ownership of it. Like how, what does that look like after Roger's gone? Right. Yeah. Cause everybody yep. they're, 80 they're, years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what does it look like if you have the Andretti family there, right. With Michael, who's 50 years old, right. There's a big right. difference. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that, that, that makes me think, well, maybe there was something to it and it just wasn't hearsay.
1: Yeah. So I don't know that if you and I've ever talked about this, I don't know if this is where you're going. Cause we certainly didn't talk about this um, in preparation for this, but I'm glad this is out because this is good to me. I, No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have thought about that, right, is Roger is in his 80s. And he has big plans for the indie, the Speedway, and the series. And he's been able to do a lot of really great things for the series over the last couple of years, even amidst a pandemic. And I don't know if I've told you this. The one guy that I keep coming to. Well, we talked about this one time. We did, right? And who did, did I remember? say?
0: We were coming back. Oh, you said we did? I thought you said we did not. I think we, I, I couldn't remember if we did. We or not. did. did we, we were on our way back from the Indy 500 this year. Okay. And who did I say?
1: Tim. Do you remember? Was no. Was it? It was for not. the team. Yes. For, for the, the team. For the series okay. and the Speedway, like to take over Penske I forget that, Entertainment? Mm-hmm. Chip Ganassi. You didn't tell me that. I would have remembered that's, that. that. That's the one name I keep coming back to in my mind. As, as somebody who has the vision and the love and sort of woven into his DNA, his own fabric to be able to do for the series and for the speedway, what Roger would want done for that and do it in a way that Roger would do it right. Where it just says, no, this is what we're doing. This is it right. When he says, let's go racing, we're going racing. And I think the only other guy who has that kind of gravitas is Chip Ganassi. Tim Sendrick's a great guy. I think he can run Penske Racing forever, right, until he, until he doesn't want to do it anymore. But, but being the, you know, the one guy at the top of this who answers to nobody, who just says, when I say it's time to go racing, we go racing, I think it's Chip Ganassi. That's a hot take. You think so?
0: That's a very hot take. Cause yeah. I don't remember that happening in that conversation. I remember going through the whole Penske Tim. organization yeah. and oh, looking right. yeah, at yeah. everybody that was in line to go, who's going to be in charge when, you know, Roger moves on. Right. So what's going to happen. Yeah. And we went, through, we went through, we went through all those as <laughs> kids, like we went through everybody and we're like, who's this going to be like, how's this going to play out? And I don't remember chip being brought up and i don't think i was snoozing during that part of the drive so
1: huh you'd have you polished off maybe a full sleeve of cookies at that point and you probably <laughs> were like a sugar <laughs> comb
0: i couldn't remember the conversation ah, on so. nabisco gosh <laughs> you guys are killing me those Keebler elves i know they're all <laughs> killing me like keep the sugar in the box don't let it out yeah you brought cookies on purpose because you know that i'm a sucker I for cookies yep and please, fans, don't start sending cookies to my yeah, house. I think you
1: should. Kepler. I would. Ship with I him. would balloon up really bad. It's all right. Um, so anyhow, we got a couple of things to watch out for. Is is what happens to Andretti uh, moving into Formula One? Probably with Sauber. Probably taking Colton Herta with him, and two guys running into, uh, you know, fitting that that space there at the, in Andretti one guy. You know, So we'll talk about that. That's coming up next. So hey, in other news, uh, Joseph Newgarden voiced some concerns about the added weight coming to the DW12, the current Delara chassis, in 2023 when the series switches to a new engine, which will include a KERS system, similar to what uh, Formula One started. The aero screen already added 50 pounds-ish. The new engine may add up to about 100 pounds. I think we've we've certainly reached the end use of this chassis, and the retrofits are just too much. Your thoughts? Uh, we just talked about cookies and putting on pounds and weight,
0: and then you get into this topic. Perfect segue. Like, how does this happen? Like, I don't even know. You, must, you, you just set me up on Love that it. one. Um, well, you know, extra weight on myself does cause issues. So I, I'm going to have to say, you know what, that, that's a problem. They You're need as to fast shed as some weight off these vehicles with the new engine com- combination, and do it through a new chassis. I guess that's where you got to go, right? The new chassis is coming when Dan. I think it's twenty twenty-five. I think so. Yeah, it's it's a year or two after the new engine. Yeah, so maybe that's maybe you got two years of a of a overweight vehicle going around the track. So uh everybody's got to deal with that problem i guess the potential of the inertia and hitting walls could be a little more violent because of the added weight exactly right yeah so that's the concern um but i don't yeah i guess they got to look at the new chassis and and see how they can take that weight back out
1: in that in those same comments joseph had mentioned something about being able to maybe make some tweaks to the bell housing of the transmission to help bring off some of the weight. to kind of get back to where they were before if you remember when this chassis was first debuted it was rear bias heavy so again now so we put the aero screen there however that kind of balances its way out but if we're adding this curve system and a, a newer engine with a little bit more displacement we're right back into putting more weight toward the back end of this car and at the same time you're doing all this,
0: you're adding
1: horsepower as well, right? You're adding horsepower. Mm-hmm. You should be so adding So Is it going to make up lap for it? Times. Go ahead. It, that's it, right? Are you going to make up for it? Are you adding enough horsepower to make up for you know, a net 150 pounds over mm-hmm. these two developments? Yeah. So the question
0: becomes, do you have enough horsepower to see lap times go down, um, um, track times in Indianapolis go down, or are they you know, going to go up? How's that going to play out?
1: I think from a safety standpoint, IndyCar's done a, a fantastic job with the Delara, and, you know, certainly, you know, fantastic car from that perspective. And then when the aero screen is a little even, even safer, we've seen. But um, I, to me, a, a new chassis can't come soon enough. You know, my wish list for that is certainly, you know, safety first and foremost, but I kind of just want it a little bit sexier. You know a little sexier looking car so i'm i'm anxious to see something new come out in that and i think the drivers are too dw 12 right this thing came out in 2012. yeah i think it's time yeah and yeah, we're well past so you and i grew up watching IndyCar car in a in an era where the cars were all new every year yes they were every year
0: and those that had the old chassis in Indianapolis were in the back of the pack trying to make the field so yes they came out every year and there was multiple chassis um, manufacturers and I'd love to see that again and I don't know if we're there Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping we're there I've I've got hope out on that one and I know hope is no strategy according to Dan so (laughs) it's not happening folks you're
1: gonna have to deal with the, the, the with the Delora yeah, I'm, I'm going to give my my I'm going to give credit for that. No hope is a strategy thing to Mort and Mort knows who he is. So, mm-hmm. OK. <laughs> Shut up. <out laughs> no, him. I've heard that in a lot of meetings.
0: You don't ever yeah. say hope in meetings. So
1: there you go. No, More. never try to not use it in the yeah. podcast. Right. So uh, we'll see. But I think, you know, the fine folks at Delara. you know, continue to answer the call, whatever it is that they are doing and modifying and answer it to this chassis. So good for them. Uh, In other news, Sebastian Bourdais confirmed what uh, we had already been saying, and that is he is off to a full-time ride in IMSA with Ganassi as they expand their Cadillac uh, Daytona prototype, or I think they refer to it as the DPI. Um, This will be a second uh, Cadillac DPI effort for Ganassi. This leaves the possibility for Sebastian to participate in IndyCar, but as a part-time driver, uh, perhaps for Foyt but nothing nothing to announce as of yet.
0: Yeah. I don't see Sebastian doing any any car races this next season here so I think he'll focus on that. He'll have a good time doing it. He'll have great results obviously paired with a great organization in Ganassi. So good for him. I think it's going to work out well. It is paired with Cadillac. So could you come back to Foyt and drive the Chevy engine? Yeah, you could, right? It's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh um,
1: OEM so yeah well, good for him yep um, and today there was a I don't know if you heard there was a private test at Barber today there was four drivers out there running uh, on deck for this test was David Malukas he's a hes a new player in this so he is this year's Indy Lights season runner up he was testing for Mr. Dale Coyne Ryan Hunter Ray somebody that we know well was out testing for Ed Carpenter Racing huh I, I, I thought that was very interesting. I don't know if if the point of having um, Ryan out there running for Ed Carpenter was to maybe help uh, validate some of their their road course setups or what it, whatever it is, right that, to be able to bring them in. It's from a Honda team to a Chevy team, so it'd be interesting to know what his what kind of feedback he had going there too certainly rumors that, that Ryan could be in play for a drive at, at Carpenter racing. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's a good move. You know, I don't make those decisions. I don't own the team. You're not it. I didn't hear you. You're not booking
0: that. He's going to I'm not. Carpenter racing.
1: No, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I think it's Connor Daly. If, if uh, Air Force stays and Air Force wants Connor Daly, I think it's Connor Daly's ride. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood and Devlin Francesco were the uh, third and fourth drivers out there testing today. Again, testing for Andretti. This is their second test. Um, I still think it's very interesting that Andretti has these two guys testing. I, I think it's pretty well known that Francesco is going to be in that that car replacing my guy, James Hinchcliffe, right? Um but he's got two guys out there. So, again, that helps fuel that fire of Colton Herter will not be there next year because he's going to be racing in, in Formula One. So that's it. Oh, I, sh- I said final drivers, but that was a lie. It, it, Nico Hulkenberg is the final driver who was testing for Aero McLaren, who Aero McLaren stated last week that Hulkenberg was near the top of their list. What do we know or what can we remember about Nico Hulkenberg? I don't
0: have a lot on him, unfortunately, but I I want you to out of those what, four or five drivers, five drivers, who do you like best just overall coming to the series? And who's gonna give the biggest uplift to the series as a whole?
1: Nico Hulkenberg. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's who I want to see come to the series and You know, not knowing a ton um, about him, I just know he's uh, been in Formula One for quite some time. He was a full time driver for some time, and then he was uh, a test driver or the secondary driver, however, you want to, the first guy up if something happens to the other two reserve driver that's currently the me.
1: reserve driver for aston martin okay Thank so you. let me back up i i would be anxious to see someone like nico halkenberg come into indycar because i i like the international presence i like what somebody who raced in formula one coming into indycar and and seeing the challenges of driving an indycar but driving a full season in indycar so that's road course street course ovals right plus indy 500 I'd like to see that. The second thing is, I, I like that there are indie lights guys who are getting a fair shot at big time full, you know, full ride seats. David Malukis was runner up in in indie lights, getting a chance to to drive for coins. Kind of off, I think coins Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Playbook the last few years? Like it almost seems like the playbook here would be Nico is testing for for coin, right? He's got a little budget. He's, he's going to test for coin and maybe he could do some races for coin next year. As opposed to coin looking at a true, true rookie from the latter series. Michael Andretti has had teams in, in Indy lights. So it's nice to see that, that he's putting somebody in one of those spots, potentially two of those spots. We've, we've talked about it here in this space, this Devlin D Francesco sixth, or I don't know how he finished the series, seventh, maybe fifth, sixth or seventh. It doesn't matter. He wasn't the champion. He wasn't the top guy, but he's getting a a shot at the top, at the top step. He brings a budget. He's going to be able to do that. That's, still the reality of where we're at. Um, you know, Kyle Kirkwood like to see that too. Like I said, I like seeing the young guys come in um, from the the latter series and having a shot at it because there was a there was a period of time there where a lot of ride buyers were were trumping the latter series guys and the latter series guys were just either going to NASCAR, or they were going somewhere else. And just losing their shot at at IndyCar.
0: Yeah, and so I think we know some stuff about Nico. I think I was just, you know, playing with our listeners a little bit. I think we're doing some information on him. We have a little bit for him. So yeah, I was just throwing you guys off. So if you were uh, thinking we had (laughs) nothing on Nico,
1: (laughs) you are. That is incorrect. So Nico was is currently the uh, reserve driver for Aston Martin. Uh, He last raced full-time in Formula One in 2019, which was really not that long ago. And he raced last time uh, full-time for Renault. He was in one of those black and yellow cars that you and I both enjoy the livery of quite a bit when we race each other online in Formula One. Um, But he's raced for Renault. He's raced for Force India a couple of times. He's raced for Sauber, uh, and he subbed in for a COVID-positive Perez in 2020 in the pink Mercedes, or I'm sorry, the um, the Racing Point. You did not just say that. Yes, I did. Uh, you know, that's the there. Yeah. I like it. That's good. Yeah. So Alkenberg, he's got a great resume. He does have a really good resume. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems to be a good guy. Um, He's 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 a big man. I I I didn't look that up, but they had pictures of him today climbing into the into the Aero McLaren Delara, and he's he's a big guy. He's he you know, tall and he's a big guy. So, Last you know, you don't normally man, see. he those better be a big anymore. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and he has, he being hulkenberg has acknowledged um, that perhaps his time in Formula One has passed. Sounds like the perfect
0: candidate.
1: Yep. When this uh, private test at Barber was announced, it was announced that American Formula Three driver, um, Logan Sargent was going to test for AJ Foyt. Then on Wednesday of last week, or it could have been Thursday, it was announced that it it wouldn't happen. And then we see a a racer.com article on Friday that said that Logan has signed to a test deal with Williams in Formula One. So there's an American driver heading off to Formula One, which is also good to see. Uh, Reasonably successful uh, Logan was in the lower-tier European series. Certainly thrilled to see the Formula One, um, the new – Ownership at Williams Formula One, uh, taking an interest in an American driver. Um, we've we've made you a, a manager and agent today during today's pod. If you were now advising Mr. Logan's sergeant, would you have advised him to take this move to Formula One or advised him to continue along the path of testing and perhaps getting a drive with Foyt? I give him two
0: thumbs up on the move he made. So go to Williams go out there as a test driver and uh, be part of that um, storied franchise racing team. Yeah. It's two, you have two to choose from, right. And they're both storied. They both have a lot of wins. They've both done well. I think uh, Williams is on the way up. Foyt is still working to do that. So I think it's a, it's an awesome move by him. So yeah. that would have been the way I told him to go. I, I would have done that too. I, I, which goes back to our earlier question or the statement that was made that by Pato that said every race car driver aspires to be in Formula One. And if he doesn't say it, he's lying. <laughs> exactly. And so you got the offer, you take it.
1: And, and you know what? I think, I think he's getting on with Williams at the right time because they are, they are starting to have a bit of a resurgence. They have some new blood there. They've got new ownership there. They've got a new investment of cash. And I, you know, I'm always kind of, you know, I don't particularly seek out change, but I don't mind change. I'm not change averse. And I think that that's part of where Williams formula one is or where they were under the Williams family. They had taken it about as far as they could. And I think they were still beholden to a time And I think they were unwilling or perhaps unable to look outside the box in some ways and do things a little bit differently where Doralton Capital is coming in and they're looking at it from a fresh perspective of what can we do? A, they're investing in this thing. Where can they get their return? Because that's what that's about. And second, what can we do to help get this team back on its winning ways? And whatever that is, and they have to make those changes and whatever it is that they need to do, I think that they'll do. Where I, where I look for that, because I'm a Formula One watcher and I watch the drive to survive, when Williams changes that steering wheel right from that crazy steering wheel, that little built-in dashboard, I think that's when all of the changes at, at Williams Formula One and the only thing left remaining is the name. I think that that's when that changes. all that's complete.
0: So good for Logan. And yeah, you know, it's unfortunate we don't get another young American talent in IndyCar, but uh, there's others out there.
1: Yeah. So as of right now, what do we know about the, about today's test? We, you know, details are certainly starting to come together. It was a private test. It was only five cars there. They ran um, a pretty good portion of the day today, at least four hours. And by about three, 3 p.m. Central time, according to our friend Nathan Brown at the Indianapolis Star, um, he noted, one, that Hulkenberg was only about a half a second behind the leader on the day. Um, And then he went on to compare where Grosjean was last year during his first test and stated that Grosjean was a full second slower than the field he was testing with. We don't know where they're at, what what that means, track conditions, et cetera, et cetera, but Nonetheless, Nathan um, referenced it. Um, We also know that uh, Ryan hunter Ray was second fastest, followed by Kirkwood and DeFrancesco. And if I didn't say it, it was David Malukas in the Dale Coyne car that was fastest on the day. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Very respectful range. So I, I think that, you know, it was a good day for them. It was good to see Nico out there. I think that times the last that I have noted is Malukas at uh, a 77, let's call it a 77.5 and Nico Hulkenberg at about a 78 flat seconds. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray and then Kyle Kirkwood and then Devlin. And I know that Kirkwood and DeFrancesco kind of traded back and forth throughout the, throughout the day on that one. So
0: three cars three and four in that and then um you know you got uh aero uh fifth last in that group which is nico but you know coming into the series and driving that car for the first time and your comparison that you got from nathan was that he's only you know half a second off versus a second off um that um roman Grosjean was so yeah and coin up there yeah Good stuff.
1: I like it. Yeah. So more to come, right? I mean, I, I think that's that's definitely good. I don't know what the rules are in terms of testing. I think it'll, it should get quiet here maybe um, for a bit. I do know that there's some testing coming up uh, a little closer to Christmas, I want to say. So a little closer to the end of the year. We'll see who's all involved with that. I, I'm anxious to see some testing with Roman Grosjean in, in the Andretti car against the other Andretti guys, if he can, you know, get out there against one or two teammates, you know, I think in any racing series, it doesn't matter who it is. I think you're always racing your teammate, right. Your teammate or teammates. And if it, because essentially you should be in equally prepared cars with, you know, equal resources and things. So I I'm anxious to see what, how Roman does, you know, against a, a Colton Herta or, um, you know, an Alexander Rossi. I mean, the rookies are whichever rookie it is that be, you know, the rookie, but we'll see how that, how that all shakes out. And I'm anxious to see that. So how about you? I am as well. I'm super
0: stoked to see how Roman does in the Andretti, um, DHL car. So I think he's going to do really well against both Colton as well as, um, Oh, the other guy that drives the, the Napa car. So we'll see how that uh, plays out, and then obviously, depending on who gets the the fourth ride there, which we believe it's not going to be Hinch, it's one of those other two guys. And yeah, I think that's well known. So yeah, um, yeah, he'll be fast. I'm, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Hey, I'm gonna. I, I know you got the final word there, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and have the final word, and we'll wrap this thing up for this episode. Got anything you want to talk about? No, I.
0: No, I'm just happy to be back on the air with you, Dan. It's been uh, a couple weeks. Uh, like you said, we're always going to try to do this every two weeks. Uh, I think we got some stuff coming up that you've been working on in order for us to, you know, do some touring of maybe a museum and maybe even a um, manufacturer of a chassis. So we got that sort of out there and uh, we want to bring that to our listeners as well. So I think that's um, really happening, and you know what? I love the Shack memes, so keep them coming. So whoever's <laughs> behind that, just keep Shack coming through. I am, I am here. You know, for we that. talked about adding weight to the car. Just put
1: Shack in every car, and we'll add the extra 150 pounds easily. Yeah, we talked about adding weight to the car right at the time where we were asking uh, Keebler to be our next sponsor of the of the podcaster.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cookie here, cookie there, cookie here, you know, cookie there.
1: Loving some cookies. Yeah. Ooh, so. Don't forget the milk. You got to have the milk. That's right. That's right. Uh, Hey, and that wraps up this episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. We'll continue to bring you content on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. If you like the show and listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review. Engage engage with us on Twitter uh, or our website or watch our videos right here. These get to see Tim's great hat and when he takes off his glasses how serious he is yeah um on our on our youtube channel we'll put the, all these links in the show notes so i don't yeah. have to keep reading them off so yeah,
0: exactly and if you uh if you do watch the the video this time you, we're the most dressed up we've ever been for our
1: podcast today. that's right what's going see that? on so i know we're all dude it up we're so. in suits today for some reason so well before we sign off uh, you know along that same line i am looking forward to the jack harvey High uh, V merch, and I did put out a request to Ray Hall Letterman on Twitter. I haven't not gotten a response on that one, but I am more than willing, more than able to wear the High V shirts, the Jack Harvey shirt or hat, and or both during any or all of our podcasts for an entire year. He's promised. Uh, you know that could be this could become expensive uh, uh, real estate here. You know, so we'll 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 give up. We'll we'll see what what kind of merch we're talking about. We'll Can't wait to see it. Hopefully they come through. That's right. Yeah, that'd be great. So, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Take care. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.